right. Hey, everyone. Uh, excited to have Cam Perry here this week. He is the host of Between Two Divs podcast, tech, uh, tech podcast out of Oklahoma. And he's kind of just a growing voice in the tech community and the black tech community. So I'm stoked to have him on here just to talk about all this stuff um, we got in common. So what's up, Cam? How are you doing? Hey, awesome, man. Like, I'm glad we finally get a chance to chat. Like, I'm really excited to talk about, like, my podcast and what I got going on, man. It's like, you know, it's, it's yeah. going to be fun, man. Yeah, you're doing a lot. Uh, most recently, you were, you were announcing that you're kind of making, what is it, like a dev, like a junior developer, almost like a competition or? Yeah, a like a reality show. That's like my big project that I'm doing. Like, this is something that, like, I tell people all the time, like, this is like my, everything I've done up to this point, my life's work all into one show that I'm creating for our junior developers, because I mm-hmm. see a lot of people, you know, having trouble finding their first job. And this whole point in my show, when well, we'll talk about this later, yeah. is to help people, you know, get that job. And hopefully it'll change people's lives too, at the same time. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. And you know, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a show like that because the even though tech is still underrated in a lot of ways, because there's a lot of need for for more people to get into it. And that's not just programming. That's like everything adjacent to the tech industry. There's all this need, but there's also like all this interest online. I'm, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been yeah, a reality show or something like that where yeah, especially for like people love to watch, you know, juniors or people who are trying to learn the craft, like try and make it like like people love that stuff. It's inspiring. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I think I think uh, probably the reason why that probably hasn't is like I feel like a lot of times people like the most simple things aren't done. Like you look at like, for instance, like uh, like Redbox, for instance, like they started something years ago that kind of you know, took, you know, Redbox and also Blockbuster, you know, Blockbuster was like the biggest thing back in the day. I think Redbox and Netflix took Blockbuster out of business, in my yeah. personal opinion, because uh, definitely Netflix, but Redbox, I think they did too. Um, because the Redbox was like something where it was like, wasn't really that, you know, unique, but I feel like just that idea of being, having something that's convenient that people can like, you know, get, get a DVD or something like that, rent a movie, I think now they have like games you can rent as well. And it just was something that was just way cheaper than going to say your block local blockbuster, you know, doing the same thing, having to worry about the cancellation fees and all this different stuff. And people love convenience. And if you can create something that makes people's lives easier, like people love that stuff. And that's why like anytime I have a chance to like think of an idea or something that like makes people's lives easier or helps people, which I, you already can relate to as well, as developers or problem solvers, or people that like, we have to, you know, solve problems. And if you can solve someone's problems, you can make a lot of money doing whatever, you know, you come up with because there's always a need for it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a lot there and I just love that you're highlighting. It's, you know, it's about, it's, it's about problem sol- uh, solving real problems that people have mm-hmm. and, and building things up better. And for me, this has been something that's been a real shift since kind of just getting into the whole tech world and becoming a developer and leaning into that whole culture is that it's like, wow, wealth building 
is supposed to be about making people's lives better. Like wealth building is supposed to be about productivity and building like people up, building societies up. And like, that's, um, you know, that's what I want to support. That's what I want to be a part of. And that's kind of like an idea that I wish people would, you know, resonate with again, because it's kind of, it's kind of gone out of vogue, um, a little bit, but you know, nonetheless, like I'm, I'm excited to see what comes from your reality show and especially coming from the Midwest, like the Midwest is underrated, right. Especially in the, in the tech world. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're in Oklahoma sure. city, right? Yeah. Oklahoma city. Yeah. Like that's, uh, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I even started it too, because I, I saw like, no offense people in Oklahoma that are listening to this, but they are, um, the tech, I think the tech scene in Oklahoma is growing, but it's so behind, like, as far as where, like, a lot of places are, where they're not really, like, trying to hire juniors, like, specifically, like, you know, like, some places, like, they take initiatives where they're like, okay, let's try to get these, this, this, these talented people that maybe are just coming out of a boot camp or come out of college, you know, and let's, you know, help them, you know, with their careers and stuff where, you know, you'll see a lot of mid-level and senior positions, but not a whole lot of juniors. And I think with yeah. this competition, I'm trying to showcase that talent so the, the employers can look at it and be like, hey, man, this person has just as much skill as a mid-level guy. Let's, let's hire this guy mm-hmm. or girl, whoever it is, right? So um, I think what people are going to realize in, in the show, you know, it's called the Hack Spot for people that want to check it out. Um, they're going to yeah. um, not realize how much exposure they're going to get. Like, cause I always tell people like, Hey man, even if you don't got any, like hardly any experience, just apply on the show. I'm telling you, you're going to get way more out of this than probably anything you're going to do. Even if you have, go to a boot camp, I guarantee this is going to be something that's even more incredible than that, because you're going to have judges that will be able to tell you real feedback and you'll know exactly where you're at. Cause some people, they apply to a bunch of jobs don't get no response and they don't know why they're not getting responses or why they're barely getting uh, callbacks. Right. So this, you, you would know for a fact where you're at and why you're either getting callbacks or why you're not getting callbacks. And, you know, hopefully someone who's watching or one of the judges may offer you a job. Like that's, you know, kind of the goal with it is to, to get people jobs and maybe not season one, but hopefully down the road, I want to have a, a way where like maybe the grand prize is, to offer someone a paid internship, right? Because mm-hmm. if you offer someone like that, some something crazy like that, you can probably get like, my emails are probably flooded, like just because yeah. people would be like, hey man, like, because it, it makes no sense not, not to try it out if, you know, if you can guarantee someone something like that because, you know, people are always trying to find a job and if you can offer someone a, a one month, two month contract for them to kind of try this person out, that's, you know, that's money that they can, you know, put in their pocket, they don't have to stress about it. And if they're good, you know, they're going to obviously get extended a contract, you know, after that. So, or, you know, an actual full-time role. So um, that's kind of the goal with the whole uh, competition is to make sure that, you know, we, we, uh, we help people get that first foray into tech and, yeah. um, you know, be set up, you know, for the future, man. No. And that's, that's awesome. Cause it's the, the junior positions that are open that, that's almost a sign of wealth. I think is like whenever the company is like opening up to more junior positions and willing to accept people, that means that they are, they have the money, the extra resources and the trust to like invest in people. And then for the people trying to get a job, that's just represents opportunity where it's like a lot of people think they could never have 
um, a good paying job or never get into, you know, the biggest growing industry, but it's like, you really can, uh, like you've, you've been through Lambda. And so you've seen like so many examples of people who really thought they couldn't and had all sorts of uh, blockers and life issues and things going the way, but, but they made it nonetheless. But it's like, yeah, when you're in Oklahoma, it's all the more difficult. Like yes. I, I'm, yes. I'm here in Salt Lake city and I'm happy to have like my first job in tech, but I could, I, I applied for every available position in Oklahoma just about, and there was, there was no more. So I started applying out of state. So like I couldn't even stay in my own state to get my first job. Um, and so it's like, that's a shame because there's a lot of talent in Oklahoma and there's just people that deserve to be able to get a good paying job, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I will tell people that are listening is like, if you're in a market kind of like what we're, what we're talking about, apply out of state. Don't like just apply in your state. Cause if you're not getting responses yeah. back, it may not be just because you don't have a good enough portfolio or nothing like that. Like I said, there's, there's so many variables behind it. Like last year, the, the pandemic, like it was like people just weren't hiring people, but this year it's more so like, you know, maybe you're in a market where maybe they're not looking for juniors right now or something like that. Apply other places because there's someone that will hire you. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the skills, like, so don't limit yourself in one box. If you apply in a state where either they don't have a whole lot of jobs or not hiring a little bunch of juniors, you may only apply at like maybe 20, 30 jobs a month, which that's hardly anything. Cause you know, you, you're probably going to, maybe if you're lucky, maybe get two or three responses from that. So what you want to do is just apply to everywhere you can remote, not remote, like just apply, 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 because you're going to get something. It may take you a month, two months, maybe three months, but if you just put in the work and, and apply and, you know, improve your resume, if you need to improve your resume, um, improve your portfolio, if you need to improve your portfolio, improve your interview skills, if you need to improve your interview skills, because I tell people, hey, even if it's a job where you need five years experience, you don't think you're going to get the job, but you get an interview, take the interview because the interview is going to help you at another job in uh, opportunity down the road, or you never know, they may hire you because, you know, sometimes, you know, they have all these different requirements, but they may love what you brought to the table. Cause I know a friend personally, they didn't know almost any of the things they asked for, but they hired them because they, they just were that skill and that talented and they could trust them for them to be able to learn whatever technology they needed to learn. So, so don't be scared of that stuff, you know, just kind of just apply Anything that you think that's interesting that you could do, um, just do it, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it takes, yeah, it, it takes a while it, for, for some people. It took me a while. And like you're talking about where you don't get feedback, you're just, you're sending it off and maybe you're making more projects. Maybe you're like iterating on, you know, your resume or what you're sending out, but it can be tough. And like, that's where, the tech community is so awesome because there's always people you can reach out to and, and really you can reach out to some of the biggest, some of the biggest figures in the space and, and get responses a lot, a lot of time. If you're just looking for feedback on projects or like, Hey, what should I learn next? What should I do? Can I have a practice interview? Like I've never had so many random interactions with people who are just nice and wanted to help me. Then when I got into tech and started just 
kind of shouting out into the void that, Hey, I'm into this. I'm trying to connect with people. I'm trying to get something going. I'm trying to learn. And it's just the, uh, the world gets back to you, especially, especially, you know, it's about tech right now. Like we're really, we're booming in a lot of ways. And so that's, what's good, but you got to reach out and ask. Um, and so, yeah, but it's, it's good that people like you are, are out there, especially in Oklahoma kind of just making noise and, and letting people know like, Hey, there's opportunity in tech. Um, even if you don't come from a traditional background. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, cause I always, anything I do, like I always think, man, like what would I do if I was in that position? So I'm always thinking that way. Like, even if it's something that I'm not going to see the immediate results right away, because like, I think sometimes people get caught up in like, man, what, you know, I know we talked about this before air as well, man, what if I'm not getting the amount of responses I want right now, or maybe if, if people are even listening to what I got to say, and it's always someone's listening to what you got to say, like, even if they're not commenting on your post or, or giving you feedback when you're talking about something, there's always a couple of people that are listening to everything you say. That's why you got to be careful too, because what if you say, you know, is, is, is dangerous in a way, because, you know, if someone could be thinking that what you're saying is the gospel, and if you say some of that bad advice for people, because I know all the time I, I see people give bad advice, they're talking about, you know, you shouldn't apply for jobs that aren't junior or, you know, you shouldn't, um, you should make sure your portfolio is perfect before you start applying for jobs. And I'm like, man, like, no, 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 don't do none of that stuff they tell you, you know, just, you know, apply for jobs when you start building projects. Like, like even if you're not ready, just apply for jobs. Because like I mentioned before, it takes a while to get your interview skills to a level where you feel comfortable because, you know, I've lost a job opportunities because I had bad interviews and I'm like, man, I look back and I'm like, man, if I would have just practiced or had more interviews beforehand, I probably would have got this job because, and that'd be stuff that I, even now, see, there's some interviews that I have that I'm like, I look back on and I'm like, man, I'm, I should have did this instead of this, because sometimes you'll think of stuff after the interview and you probably feel the same way. You'll, you'll be like, man, maybe I didn't really have something that was deployed right away, but I could have screen shared if I like on a zoom or somewhere on Google meets or whatever it is. And now, you know, the interviews are remote anyways. You can show them exactly what you're working on right now mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is what I'm working on. This is what, uh, you know, I'm kind of trying to do with this. This is a design that I'm, that I'm kind of working with. And, and then they can kind of see, okay, this is the guy's thought process behind it. Because I think if you kind of think outside the box and you do interviews and you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you, um, it'll set you up a lot better as opposed to you kind of just thinking, oh, I always got to have deployed projects to show. No, you don't always have to have that. Some projects you won't have deployed, you know, because you're working on them actively. But if you can show them kind of what you're doing, they kind of see, okay, this guy's working with something. You know, maybe you got deployed project, but also you're working on active stuff as well. Because I know if you work with Shopify, I don't know if you ever mess with Shopify or not. But a lot of times you don't have, you won't have access, you know, of the actual project unless you have the password for it. So sometimes you can't like yeah. just show people like the deployed stuff, you know, just like off of like a website. So sometimes you have to like show them, okay, this is what I'm actually doing with this because it's not actually put all the way up there yet. Um, so that's that's a couple of things I'd recommend people if they're listening at home, you know, if you're you know worried about if you gotta have all deployed stuff or if you you know gotta do stuff a certain way, there really isn't a, a certain way you gotta do stuff. Just find something that works for you and just do it. That's what I tell people all the time. Yeah. And and this goes outside of even tech as well, like any 
almost any kind of job, if you can show them that you're doing projects or something outside of that, that are just ex extracurricular or that you decided to do on your own, like that, that shows so much ownership and like accountability. And, um, I've, I've heard of a lot of people who've gotten opportunities exactly because of extra projects, not because of the things we traditionally think of, which is like school, which is education. And, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a confusing world. There's, there's a lot of counterintuitive advice and people just saying stuff. So it's definitely weird to get into, but you know, that's why it's cool. That's why I like your podcast. Like it's an easy one that I could point a lot of people to and just be like, yo, just, just listen to this. Like you're going to get good advice. And plus your, your podcast, it's kind of, it's kind of shorter. Like our hours can be really long. Some of our episodes are like two and a half hours long. Right. But yours is like, it's, it's like half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. There's really good interviews, really concise. And so, I mean, I, I, I love that format. Um, but yeah, like on the, on the podcast, you, you started at the beginning of 2020, right? Yeah. Beginning of 2020. Correct. Yeah. Nice. So that's, that's been pretty consistent. You're, you're like a year and a half in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know we talked about this Crazy. before as well. Yeah. Like, man, like I never thought I would be still doing this podcast. Like even now, to be honest with you, because I know we talked about this as, as well. And I was saying that, man, like I had a podcast before years ago. And I quit because I just wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see. And yeah, what, a lot of was time that people, podcast about tech? No, it wasn't about tech. It was like sports. So and in sports okay. is like, there's like a million people doing sports podcasts too. I think yeah. that was part of it as well. It was just like, I was like, man, I'm not really interested in doing something that like everybody's doing. Cause it's like, a, you know, I don't know how many sports podcasts there are, but you know, there's probably millions of them. So probably I was like, man, all podcasts are sports podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, man. And, and I think I saw Joe Rogan, like how he was doing it. And uh, Joe Button, like he, now, you know, his podcast is going down. But at the time, like he was one of the top podcasters as well. And I was saying, I was like, man, these people are making a lot of money doing podcasting. And I, I'm not thinking about the money, like almost never thinking about the money. But, you know, the money will help me do other things. That's why I always tell people like, hey, like. You shouldn't like have love money to a point where like it d dictates every decision you make, but you should like think of it as like a vehicle to get to where you want to be. So maybe you're, you're a developer, right? And like, you know, maybe, you know, down the road, you want to be like a musician or you want to be a rapper or something like that, you know? And, you know, those things, I mean, you're probably not going to be successful just off that, that stuff off rip because, you know, there's only a handful of people that are superstars in the industry at a time. So maybe, you know, you have a hobby that you want to do, but you could never do. Maybe, you know, instead of, you know, focus on that, you'd be a web developer. And then down the road, you know, you can focus on putting some of the money to actually putting an album out and stuff like that and, you know, enjoy your life, you know? So I tell you all the time, like, um, you know, if you have something that you're really talented with, circle back to it. Like maybe, you know, instead of, you know, being a rapper or, or a singer or something like that, maybe you want to create an app for singers or rappers or something like this. There's, there's so many different ideas that I think aren't being explored yet that are simple, like I mentioned before, that people should kind of think about. Because if you can create something that solves a problem, like I'm, I would say this over and over again, like you can make a lot of money. Like there's like simple stuff that people think is like, 
mad complex or you got to have a mad complex idea. Look at, uh, for instance, look at Snapchat or Instagram, like Instagram specifically. Like when it first started, it was a simple app. Like it wasn't nothing crazy like how it is now. Now you got all these different features. Like some people also like they they think that you got to have some like really, really great app to start. Like just have one great feature that people love and then just build from there. Like you don't have to be perfect. And this is this is a, an advice in life in general. Nothing you do, any ideas you implement don't have to be perfect right away. Just ex- execute, 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 execute. I tell people all the time, like if you have a good idea, just do it. Because if it's a good enough idea, it's going to catch on. You know, but you don't want to wait two or three years down the road and someone come up with the same idea that you thought of and then make millions, maybe billions of dollars and you think to your head, man, if I should have did it, I had the same exact idea. There's always someone, I'm sure you see it on your timeline as well. Every once in a while, you got that one person that will tell you that, man, I could have created the next uh, Snapchat. I could have created the next Clubhouse. I could have created the next, you know, I don't know what the apps they got out then that are real popular. Uh, Musical.ly, I think, was popular, but then they changed Musical.ly to TikTok because people don't know about People thought TikTok was like an overnight thing, but TikTok's been around for years. Yeah. Like, I remember Gary Gary V was talking about musically like six, seven years ago. I remember. And I, I didn't look in, I didn't look into it back then. I thought, man, this is for kids. And you know, if I would have looked into it when Gary V was talking about it, man, you were I probably wouldn't even be talking right now, to be honest. But <laughs> it's something that I, you know, I, I research apps all the time. I, I see stuff and I'm like, man, the trends, man. Like, I wish I would have did this, wish I did that. But, you know, you can't really regret that stuff, but you just got to just do stuff. If you have a good idea or, or something that you think will will help you in your career, just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, <laughs> something I'm really into and that actually got me into tech is Bitcoin. So I have those kinds of thoughts all the time where I'm like, oh, just just a year earlier, just two years earlier. <laughs> you know, and I would be worth, you know, three more zeros or whatever. But, you know, it's not about that. It's about building for the long term. And uh, I, I like I how like you mentioned about, about like looping back around. Um, you know, it's for a lot of people, I think they repel away when they hear something like that, that like, hey, you know, maybe that that thing that you're certain you should do, like maybe this isn't the right time. This isn't the right place. And like, maybe you really should loop it back around or pivot to something else, you know, however you want to frame that. But like, for me, I've, I've played music most of my like teens and adult life. And that was everything that kind of made up my identity and what I thought I would do and didn't consider very much outside of it. And, you know, and that was before I started this whole journey, kind of learning about tech and now going to Lambda school, getting my first job. But it's like, for me, it's, it still feels just as close to me. And I still have like the same desires, same plans. And like, I know that now I actually have more capability or or at least different options and how I can engage with it because, you know, I can go get a job in any big city for example, now that I have like my foot in the door in the tech community, I can likely get a good paying job anywhere else where that opens up opportunities where before that I was working in food service my whole life. And so it was like a very different paradigm of opportunities you have. And so it's just, 
it's it's something to consider something to think about but it's it's a paradox as well because it's like sometimes you got to do the not the opposite but you got to go a different way in order to do the thing that you really want to do in order to come back around on the end um and for the biggest and most important things that's that's how it works a lot of times like the biggest projects the most important ones there over the 10 years like you're saying with with musically um or or any big app any big company big project uh but i just i want people to have the opportunity to do whatever that thing is that they're obsessed with that they're good at that they love and it it seems like tech really is a gateway for that in a lot of ways which is you know why i'm talking about it more and more and like kind of encouraging more of my friends but you know also just everything on the internet podcasting reaching out to people like this is all these are these are levers these are levers that you can pull on and you can like get your message out into the void and and people will respond back it's it's really amazing like (laughs) you know the first thing I, i asked you when i dm'd you um was when i was asking you to be on the podcast i was like hey how are how are you getting guests like how do you keep on finding guests how do you get them to come on and you told me just ask <laughs> you know just ask straight up and it's funny it's funny it's like i knew you would say that but i had to ask anyway i had to just ask yep um and it's funny that's i'm i'm not good at that stuff i'm like having to learn how to do that um but I'm being more and more affirmed as I get to meet cool people like you when I do reach out. Yeah, man, that's that's a that's a good point you made because like I I feel like I take it for granted how easy it is for me to do it. Like, because I like I honestly like what I do, and I'll tell people like my secret on uh, how I do it. You know, because it's not nothing crazy, nothing complex how I do it. But like I'll see someone that does something cool on Twitter or LinkedIn or you know Facebook, wherever it is. You know, it don't really matter the platform. But I'll see somebody do something cool and I'll start like having conversation with them. And then if I see and sometimes like like I think I learned this kind of the hard way early on is like before I would just reach out to people. I didn't really vet them first. And sometimes you don't vet people. You get these awkward, weird interviews where you'll bring up a topic because like my podcast, if people haven't heard my podcast, I talk about just really everything. Like I really don't have like one topic I just don't talk about. So, like, I think right around, like, the election was going on. I mentioned something about Trump or whatever, and I shouldn't have ever, I shouldn't have mentioned it. Like, because I knew once I mentioned it, like, the floodgates opened. Like, I was, because I like to play devil's advocate. Like, I don't like to have a podcast where we both agree on, on everything, because I, I think I got to talk to pe- the people on both sides, right? So, I mentioned, a to- mentioned, you know, something about the topic, and it went completely left. Like, they were attacking me, and I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to interview people anymore if they're going to have an opinion that's like they get mad at me or what I'm saying because it's not what I think it's just what I'm just thinking of what the viewers are probably some of the viewers are probably thinking too because like any tv show you watch any debate show you got to have both sides you know because there's people that you know for a fact that they don't agree what they're saying but they got to say it because it's boring tv if you only have one side of the argument but you don't have the other side right because it's yeah, always some it's, of things you're the just other doing side. it due diligence. You're just presenting the other side, like, hey, you know, this is what other people would say. Just, just to bring that up, just to not have it be totally one sided. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Of, like, it's kind of crazy though. Like, you got like 
straight up attacked. I straight attack. I need. I didn't even put the episode out. Uh, that's how bad it was. It was bad. Dang. Like I, I told my friend, like uh, not years ago, but like last year when it happened, I was like, man, like you won't believe what happened. And I said, man, I got attacked, and you know it was crazy. Like they even sent me emails, like give me like information about what I was saying. I'm like, hey, that's crazy throwing emails at my face, you know, when we're having an interview during the interview, by the way. So I was like, okay, like I ain't putting this episode out just because the (laughs) fact that you shouldn't attack me when I you're the one to ask me for the interview. And I'm, you know, being nice and, you know, letting you have a platform where you can speak on your piece and you're attacking me. So like after that, I just okay, let me let me make sure these people are legit, cool people that aren't going to attack me. You know, don't care what I don't care about my opinion because it's my opinion. And, you know, we can have a good conversation, good dialogue, because um, I think, you know, and I kind of feel bad for the viewers because, like, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that was said that was good. But, you know, it's just was like it was just 30 minutes of just being attacked. And I was like, okay, like, let me just go ahead and kind of focus on having better interviews that doesn't set me up for that same situation in the future. So now, like I said, I kind of like try to have introductory calls to people if I don't really know them. If I, if I know them and I know kind of what the personality is and I'm like, okay, let me, let me get on my show. But if I don't know them and, and they're kind of some random person that hits me up, I'm like, okay, let's have an introductory call, get to know the people, make sure they're good. And if they're good, let's have a chat because I think um, what I really appreciate with my podcast is almost every episode is different. I don't think I have, have a bunch of episodes where the content is the same, which I think separates me from, a lot of other podcast, a lot of other tech podcasts out there because I yeah. think I had an interview with someone um a while back um for a job and they and they told me they said, hey man I checked your podcast and I think that always throws me off because oh, like yeah. my, one of my, my, my one of my portfolio projects is I, I talk about my podcast and stuff and um and people would say man I checked your podcast I liked the, the content I like the material and I'm like and it, it's easy and I tell people all the time like have portfolio projects that you enjoy that you can talk for. 15, 20 minutes a piece on because I think it makes your life a lot easier as opposed to doing like a bunch of Udemy projects. Nothing wrong with the Udemy projects, by the way. But if you're not interested in, in what you're building, how are you going to be interested in an interview unless you're just naturally a good speaker? If you're not a naturally good speaker, do stuff that you, you really like because if you really like what you, you're doing, you're going to be able to talk about it because, you know, it's, it's fun. It's something that you really love as opposed to something that you're kind of having to drag your feet. So that's another advice I give people is do fun projects. You know, you don't have a whole have to have a whole bunch of projects, by the way, because I think some people get caught up in you got to have five, six, seven projects. But if you have two or three great projects, you can get a job today. Like I guarantee you, because there's people I've seen have maybe one great project, a bunch of so-so projects. Sometimes they don't even have one good, really good project. They just have one project that really is good for what they're applying for mm-hmm. and they get a job, too. So, you know, you don't have to have a whole bunch of projects. Just like I said before, like just apply, um, you know, have a couple, have a couple of really good ones that you can talk about for a while, you know, for the whole 30 minutes or 45 minutes, however long the interview is. And um, like I said, it'll make your life a lot easier as opposed to just doing projects that, you know, that you maybe see everybody doing. Because I think right now blockchain is really cool. Shopify is really cool. So if you can do projects like that are related to those particular industries, like it separates you from the pack because you kind of want to do stuff that's different from what everyone else is doing. Cause I always think like, what is my, what are my, the other candidates doing and what am I doing is different from them. If I can showcase something that's different from what they're doing, 
I'm going to at least get another interview. I may not get the job, but I'm going to at least get that call back, that second interview, as opposed to someone else that may be showing them what they've already seen before. Because you kind of want to just be unique and different, like I mentioned earlier, and separate yourself, do something outside the box, because, like, you know, stuff like that really matters, you know. No, a quote I really love is escape competition through authenticity. And that's basically just saying saying exactly what you are is just you separate yourself by your own uniqueness. Like everyone, everyone is unique. You don't, in a sense, you don't even have to try. Like it's already there. You just got to find how to tap into it, how to leverage it and bring it into whatever real world thing that you're interacting with and, and show people and yeah, it's, you know, it's one of the most intimidating things, but it's one of the most valuable things um, in life. And like, yeah, I've always been driven to do projects. And uh, when I was young, got feedback, like good feedback that I did them. And, and I'm thankful for that. I'm super thankful for that because it's it's made it to where it's kind of natural for me. But I know for a lot of people, they have those fears. Um, and the same thing with talking. I would, I would guess you're probably the same way. You've just like naturally always talk to people a lot. Maybe it's more of a natural thing, but I don't know. That's how it is for me. And so, but I noticed in, in Lambda school alongside all of my peers, when it came to the interview side of things, like that's where a lot of them fell apart or just anything to do with talking, yeah. even amongst a small group of just eight people who are all peers, you know, like, like some people would just really, really scare them to be in that situation. And, and those, man, those are, those are some of the most golden opportunities and some of the most important places to lean in. Um, and especially nowadays because of the leverage it gives you just, just communicating with people gives you so much leverage. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, man. Like actually I'm, I'm going to go back to your point about um, the communications uh, skills and like me yeah. naturally being a good communicator. So like, believe it or not, um, probably about three years ago, I was horrible at communicating to people. Like I like, yeah. if you watch my old YouTube videos, you can even see this. Like I had a real bad stuttering problem. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't ever look at the camera. Like I was, I was a mess, man. Like, like if you look at my stuff I'm doing now compared to back then, it's, it's like night and day. Like, so I always tell people like, you can get better. Like if you're bad at whatever you're doing. Like, you know, and now like people don't even believe it. Like if you, you, you know, I have friends that will tell me like, man, like you must be an extrovert. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm not an expert at all. Yeah. Like I'm like kind of in that weird spectrum where I'm kind of like maybe closer in the middle than, something, than most people. So sometimes depending on who I'm talking to, it seems like I'm an extrovert, but I'm really not because there's some people that like, it really scares me to have a long conversation with them because like then maybe they're, you know, someone that's a big wig or someone that is like, but I have to remind myself, I got to, I got to put myself out there. I got to, even if they're going to make fun of me or think my idea is stupid, like I got to just talk to them. You know, I may not love it. It may take a lot of energy out of me, but that could be the the, the million dollar opportunity for me. Cause I always tell people, you never know what that million dollar opportunity is because everyone has a moment in their life where they can potentially make a million dollars. Will you make the million dollars? Who knows? Because sometimes you have an opportunity that comes in your life. You don't realize it's an opportunity and you miss it. And everybody has at least one chance. Everybody does. Like, it don't matter what you do. 
there's always that one moment, unless you, you know, unless you, you know, you know, chronically sick or something, but everyone who's, you know, healthy has an opportunity to make a million dollars. And, and I'm always thinking about what is that opportunity that's going to get me to that point? Because I think once you get to that point, your life changed because, you know, you're able to make that generational wealth that we talked about earlier and, you know, be able to provide for your family or, you know, do things you always wanted to do. And like I mentioned also as well is you want to make money to be able to do things you always want to do and be a vehicle to other things, because, you know, we all have other passions. Most of us are not trying to be developers our whole lives, at least not me. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm trying to, you know, focus more on to build my media company and build the media brand, which is, you know, between two dibs of the podcast, it starts it. Then I got my show I'm working on and then, you know, trying to do some other stuff that's cool. That's focused for developers. But I just want to be that person where I can help people, you know, that maybe never would have got that opportunity. Because I think the other day I was talking about this as well, is I want to hire a bunch of black people in tech at my company and stuff, because we're not getting the same opportunities. But women as another group of people that aren't getting the same opportunities that, you know, other groups of people are getting. And, you know, people are kind of scared to talk about this, but it's true. It's like, you know, I just call it spade a spade here. Like, you know, like, you know, I think some people are scared to talk about that because they're afraid of losing their jobs or losing, you know, endorsements and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm my own boss right now. So, you know, I can kind of say these things, but some people, you know, I talk to people all the time that they can't get on my podcast because they can't talk about, you know, how, you know, they're being misrepresented or, you know, they can't talk about Black Lives Matter when that was going on. You know, they can't talk about the shootings that are going on. And I'm like, man, I can never work for someone that that, that kind of limits my voice. Because I've had interviews all the time that, you know, there'd be people that'd be like, you can't post stuff on social media or you can't post these particular things on social media. I'm like, OK, like, let me just end this interview right now because I'm going to work for either one of us because I don't want to, you know, sacrifice. But you've had people tell you that in interviews? Yes, Like I they have, look at your Twitter or something beforehand? Yeah, yeah, I've had interviews where they, they literally yeah. have said those things to me, which is crazy. Like, and, yeah. um, you know, even had, you know, obviously had people that, I've, you know, try to interview that told me the same thing. But, you know, it, it's crazy when you, when you, when you, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it to the listeners anyway, just because, like, I'm not really scared about, you know, the consequences. Cause I, I think it's important to bring up these topics because it's very important. Um, because, um, you don't want to sacrifice the money for your freedom. And, you know, because there's always going to be another job out there that that doesn't limit you. So even if you even if you got to apply for another month or so, it's going to be worth it. I'm, I'm telling you, like, you're not going to like that job. You know, I don't care how much money they're offering you. You know, just don't take it. No. Yeah. And everyone has their own values and they have certain things that like they won't compromise on. And like what you're just saying is like I you know, I should be able to speak up to be- about this stuff, like, and not have to think second thought about my employer or anything like that. And that's, you know, I think everyone should have that kind of freedom. And it bothers me now how much, yeah, the, the companies are getting involved in that stuff. Like that's, that's not cool. And like something for me, I, like, I'm really passionate about um, data privacy and owning your own data yep. and surveillance and so when I was applying to jobs, like I built projects kind of around this stuff. Like I built a project that helps you get your Facebook data back and shows you everything that they collect. And so I had certain values. I was like, I'm not going to work for a company that just like harvests people's data, you know, and I'm not going to ever feel threatened because I talk about this stuff very 
up front. And I say what it is, you know, it's surveillance and it's stealing and selling people's data and it's wrong. And I'm glad like the company I'm at now, like it's totally separate from my personal life. They don't care about that. And and I don't have to do any of that. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. But, you know, it's always, yeah, like you don't want to give away your freedom. Like that's not what it's about. And that's like totally what I'm against. So I, I definitely not what I'm saying when I like encourage people to look into tech, but, but no, I mean, with what you're talking about, with like the opportunities, the differences of opportunities between, you know, like people of color and women, like technology and engineering, they've always been that like high echelon that were most guarded, most protected. And now there's like, there's a whole new boom happening of the, all this diversity coming into tech. And it's, it's really amazing to see. Um, I don't know, like, what do you, what do you think about what's, what's happening right now in tech? Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think like, and, and I agree with you, like, I think if I never was on Twitter and I was just like in my state and just going to the meetups and stuff, right. Yeah, I probably would have a completely different opinion, be honest with you, just because like I know and I say this all the time when I go to meetups as well is like, man, like especially when there's like a bunch of my own people that are at these meetups, I tell them, I say, hey, man, like normally I go to meetups and I'm the only black guy that's at these at these meetups. And it's, it's always depressing to me because like I feel like you can tell when people are interested in you and when they're not, because I don't like just having talk to people that I could tell that like you hand the business card and they're going to throw it in the trash like, you know, in, in five seconds. Yeah. So I'm like, man, like I like to talk to people that I can relate to. And, you know, a lot of times I talk to people like that are not, you know, the same skin color as me. Sometimes, you know, I have dimming connections, but a lot of times like they don't remember me. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see them the next meetup, next meetup or next place that I see them at. And I, I say, hey, you know, just to kind of see if they remember me. And then usually they don't say nothing. So I'm like, OK, they don't remember me. Um, you know, I know a lot of people. They meet a lot of people. But I'm the type of guy where if I see someone's face, I'll remember them. Like, yeah. it don't matter who it is. I mean, I remember their name unless I had a good conversation with them, but I'll at least remember their face because I'm bad with names, by the way. So I'm, I'll am i be like, hey, you know, I saw you at the last event. Just just kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of jog the memory if maybe they don't remember where they saw me at. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if it's someone I really want to connect with and I see them like maybe a, a couple of times already. And I think that there's something that maybe I could do that can help them because I'm like, I'm like I said, I'm always big on trying to help people. If I can help someone, even if they're a CEO of a company, I'm put myself out there. Like, and this is something that y'all got to do too. You know, don't always think you got to just apply for jobs on Indeed, LinkedIn, whatever. I think there's a study that says most people that get tech jobs get them from referrals. They don't get them from Indeed or LinkedIn or or uh, not LinkedIn, but um. Uh, what's this zip recruited or uh, yeah, what's the glass other door. glass door? Yeah, those places a lot of times they don't get from those places, a lot of times they get them from referrals from like LinkedIn or you know, meetups or Twitter, stuff like that. Because a lot of the, the, the most important jobs, lots of, a lot of the most high paying jobs, they're not posted on those sites, they're posted, you know, from people looking for people, looking for good people, by the way, and a lot of times you'll get an interview just off the referral alone, like you don't even have to do much work like you could have a, a crappy portfolio but if you have a good referral that can vouch for you like you're gonna get that for that first interview and then they're gonna be able to kind of see okay can this guy do something for my company or like i mentioned 
what you should do if you can't get referrals like from people that just know who you are and refer you, reach out to CEOs, CTOs of companies on LinkedIn and offer to have like a coffee with them or, you know, lunch or something like that. You pay for the lunch, pay for the coffee, whatever, right? You know, it may cost you, you know, five, 10 bucks, but I guarantee you're going to get at least three to five interviews that way. I guarantee it. Like, just because people like, like Austin said, and like I, I say in my podcast all the time, people are more willing to talk to you than you think. Like, you know, it's, these people are not as in, inaccessible as you think they are. Like, you know, most of the time, you know, they may be busy, but if they see someone that's hungry, that's actually putting themselves out there and taking initiative, they're going to at least talk to them. So, so don't be afraid to do, like I said before, the unconventional ways of trying to get a job or trying to do anything because that's how you get the big jobs is because you're doing something that nobody else is, is trying to do or afraid to do. Yeah, no. And, and so much of that just goes back to asking, just asking straight up, which is, it's something that, you know, like I've already mentioned, I'm not, I'm not amazing at it, but I've just kind of, I've been encouraged to do it a few times throughout my life and it's always stuck with me. So it's always been something that's like, ah, I should just, I should reach out. I should just do it. And, and there's so many things, uh, you know, like from, from starting my tech journey where reaching out, it made all the difference, whether it was meeting the right people or even to get my job. Uh, one of the big things that got me my job was because I was playing around with the technology uh, that's really big now, open AI GPT three. And I got in on the beta just cause I saw the guy, uh, you know, post the beta when they opened and I just DM'd him and just asked. And so I was one of the first people in just made a dumb project that wasn't anything, but like it, it made all the difference that I could talk about that. And it made them think like, Oh, wow, this is, you know, this person is really trying to, trying to, look into the cutting edge of this field or they're really trying to do stuff on their own. And I don't know, there's just so many times that I've seen just reaching out and asking just be such a huge, uh, win such, such a huge lever to pull on. Cause you know, people want to help. Like once you get to a place where you're more comfortable, like you just so want to help. Like since, since I've been hired, like I've, I've still reached back out to, other Lambda students and try to send them jobs and stuff like that. Cause it's like, I care, like I'm still emotionally, I'm, I'm there with them. I know how hard it is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just, just reaching out and asking is, is so important. Uh, kind of jumping back a little bit. I loved um, your recent episode uh, about black wall street which, you know, this is, this is like a subject that is a little bit, um, you know, outside of just tech, but of course you had on, I think it was Tyrants who has black tech. Yep, Tyrants, yep. Yeah. And so, it, you know, I'm, I'm from Oklahoma originally. I never lived in T Tulsa. It was always Oklahoma city, but you know, like you mentioned in that episode, I, I didn't hear about black wall street until I was like college age or something like that. So it's this crazy history that happened in Oklahoma, this, this terrible event where, I mean, black people were basically thriving, made like a thriving small economy and they just got, there was like a massacre, but then they also built a highway through just, just this terrible history. And I don't know. So I love, I love that you talk about that in the episode. Cause that's, 
a really important story that should be a national story that's not told. Yeah, yet. man. Yeah, man. Like I'm like I'm always trying to have conversations that either don't aren't said enough because I, I don't think that's that topic is really even brought up a lot. Like I, yeah. I don't think I've I don't think I've even heard people even talk about it on any tech podcast that I've been on that I've even heard last several years, at least in my in my personal opinion, I haven't heard it yet. So I like to have conversations that are hard conversations that need to be said because like I know like some people are scared to have this conversation because it talks about the people that you know that are you know not currently around, but you know, just stuff that really happened. Like, you know, because I know schools are trying to like erase this this type of stuff. Like, you know, I know yeah. there's like bills that are being trying to be passed to say you can't talk about certain things about you know racism that went on and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey man, like that stuff happened. So people need to know about that stuff. Like, because you can't erase history that happened to like my people. It just it, it can't happen because because if you try to erase history, our you know our future generations aren't going to know about it, and they're gonna and they're gonna be you know mistakes that are gonna be repeated. You know, maybe yeah, not to the scale of what. It. Yeah, not to, maybe not to the scale of what that was, mm-hmm. but still, some of things happen because I mean, you see all the time. You know, I, I get people that tell me. Man, racism is it's not as bad as it was back then. I'm I'm telling you, it's still just as bad. Like if you I I I can go to, I can tell you like places exactly in Oklahoma right now where I would not be welcome or I'd be scared to to go to the convenience store or the the the, the local deli or whatever it is in this these small towns and I I would be scared to 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 make it out alive. Just that's just how it is. And you know, people that are so like stuck in like okay, I'm in a big city. I don't see it. Even the big cities, it happens. But when you go to these smaller towns you, or you go to the, the deep south, you go to Mississippi's, the Louisiana's, the Georgia's, it's still segregated. Like, you know, it still is to this day. So people just got to just, you know, you know, be educated and they got to know their history. Um, you know, th- you know, there's people that are black that don't know about this stuff. And it's, it's sad when, you know, you got your own people that don't know about that history because I'm like, hey, man. Like, don't have a conversation with me about this stuff. You don't even know your own history because it can get you in a lot of trouble one day if you don't know about that stuff. Because um, you got to just make sure that you're on your P's and Q's, on your toes. You know, we had the shootings, you know, the police shootings that happened still that, you know, people say, oh, man, this person was a thug or this and that, whatever. And I'm like, hey, if they were white or they were, you know, you know, Asian or something like that. Right. Would you be having the same conversation? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know. Why, why I got to be a thug? Why this person got to be this? Because, you know, even the media is the same way. You know, you ask, you have, you have someone that's a school shooter and they make them seem like they were a model citizen before they became a shooter. It's like, like, yeah, why I've, are I've you seeing all those like comparisons, like news clippings, stuff like that? It's yeah. It's like, and I, 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 yeah, man, it irritates me. You know, man. No. Yeah. And I, I do got to shout, shout out one person. The one person I've heard talk about this publicly in tech is Isaiah Jackson. He wrote a book called Bitcoin in Black America. That's really good. He's on Twitter as Bitcoin Zay. But he he talks about all this stuff like Black Wall Street and the redlining. And it's kind of, he kind of tells the story of how like from the economic side, like everything that was mm-hmm. done to like basically oppress everyone except for white people and keep them down. Yep. That that was one of the biggest levers to use was like the economics. And 
you know, that's I like, I love it when you say that, like, you're talking about building generational wealth. It's like, I love that mindset. Like, you know, thinking about your kids and your kids, kids thinking all the way down the line that you want to build up enough productivity, enough wealth to where, you know, you can benefit generations after you. And like, that's, that was the promise of black wall street. And, um, and just, just with everything happening in, in tech and not just tech, but our whole economy right now is, is kind of swelling up and things are reorganizing. There's going to be a much different distribution of who people are that, that can make the diff, the biggest impact. Like the, the internet is making it to where, you know, you have the opportunity, like you're saying that everyone kind of has, something that crosses their path. It's like a million dollar opportunity that they could, they could stumble into if they just lean into the right, the right ideas or the right inclinations that they have, you know, those opportunities really exist now. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, it, it makes sense to be optimistic in a lot of ways, but, but for me, like what I want to see from young people and like the mindset that I have is like that generational wealth and mindset. Like we, there's a lot of problems to solve. There's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and we need to be like responsible with how we're thinking about this stuff. Not just, I'm going to get a tech job and move to the biggest city and blow my six figure salary every year and, and not be any better because of it or not help anyone out because of it. And that's kind of the side of tech that I was like repelled from. And I was like, I don't want to be that. I want to live below my means and like, you know, just, just kind of work to make myself more capable to, to do more things in the future. And I, and I love, I love that's like the same mindset that you have the same kind of stuff you talk about. Yeah, man. That's a good point you made about like, not just working your nine to five, making six figures. And then that's it. Cause I was talking to a friend actually last night about this as well. And I was telling him, I was like, Hey man, like, you know, this year is going by fast. Like it's already about to be like, I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but you know, we're in about about to be in August pretty much. And like, I'm like, man, where'd the year go? Cause last year I feel like it was moving so slow, but this year is like really yeah. flying by. And I feel like I haven't really done almost anything. Like I know I have, but it doesn't feel like I have. And like, you know, you know, 10 years going to fly by like that, you know, and you're going to be like, man, where'd the time go? And a lot of times people will be in the same exact position. Like I'm sure you got high school friends. They're in the same exact position they were in high school that they are now. And, you know, and it's kind of sad in a way because, you know, you know, some of these people could be doing so much better for themselves. And I'm always trying to push them. Like, I got friends and I'm like, I always push them like, hey, man, like, do this, do this, do this. But there's only so much you could do because, you know, you can't really motivate people to take action. They either got to do it or or, or, they, or they, they don't. So I always tell people, like, if you got something that you want to do, like I mentioned before, just do it because, like, I know sometimes like, you know, people, you know, think, OK, I got my job and that's it. But like last year, we saw with the pandemic, people lost their jobs and people didn't have a backup plan or didn't have like savings or stuff like that because they thought, OK, this is the only, only income I need. No, you need to have multiple streams of income. Like, you know, this is something that I'm going to tell people over and over when I talk to them, have multiple streams of income, have investments whether that's real estate, whether that's, uh, you know, stocks, you know, crypto, um, you know, e NFTs, if you, you know, you, you're into that type of thing. You know, I know that's, that's still blockchain related, but, you know, just ha have investments that will, you know, that you think are worth it for you 
that will pay you in the long run because our, we're not teaching our kids this. And I think this is something that we should be teaching all of our kids is have investments early as possible because it's going to pay off in the long run. And you're going to be thankful that, you know, that you did that for either you or your kids. So, you know, and I always think the long game with anything. I don't think what I'm going to, where I'm going to be next year. I think where I'm going to be five years from now and everybody got to have that philosophy where you, maybe you can, you can pivot. Like, cause obviously, you know, you don't know where you're going to be five years from now, but you got to have that roadmap so that you know where you want to be, because if you don't have goals or know where you're going to be, you're going to be just moving around aimlessly trying to figure out, okay, man, where I'm, where, what do I want to do? What, what can I do next? Because, you know, life is going to throw you, you know, curveballs is going to get roadblocks on the way. But if you have a plan, you have a game plan, you're never going to go away from that plan because you already know what it is. You know, you may get beat down. You may have to get back up, but you still know exactly what you need to do. You know what you want to do. And it's going to push you on those hardest days, the darkest hours when you want to give up because you have that plan, as opposed to someone that maybe doesn't have that plan. They get kicked down and it takes them, you know, a year, two years, maybe three years to get back up. Cause I've had, I've had times like that where it took me, you know, three years to get back up because I I had a plan, but then I didn't have a plan because everything that I thought I could do, I couldn't do anymore. So, you know, you got to just, you know, have some type of plan in place. Like I said, you know, you can always pivot and, you know, change your plan along the way. But, you know, just having a plan is important because a lot of people don't have that. You know, if you talk to most people that work at like nine to five jobs, they just like I said, like you mentioned, they just have that that mentality where they got to work, 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 and that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, and I, and I love what you're saying there. For me, like a, a huge motivator, you know, for years before I had this job, um, I was a delivery driver in Oklahoma City, and so I would see both the sides of like the businesses, the nine to five businesses, people working in cubicles, where I had never had a job like that, but I also saw you know, like the really lowly apartments where people never leave and they're hoarders and, you know, they're, they're addicts or whatever. And they, both of those kind of seemed like terrifying to me in different ways, because what I saw were people that were truly like aimless and they were hurting because of it. Like I saw that so much and it almost left this impression on me that like so few people end up okay. Like even the people that we would say, oh, they have good jobs in our economy. Like I would see them and it, it they didn't, it's like, I don't want to be that, you know, I don't want to be that the same that I don't want to be the person that's, that doesn't have a job right now. That's maybe living off welfare or whatever. Like, um, but it, it just gave me kind of a respect that like, it's, you got to have something going. You got to, you got to have a motivator. You got to have a direction to be, and you got to keep on moving. Because as soon as you stop, I don't know, everyone I see that has stopped, they just get stuck. They get so stuck. And, you know, I, I've just seen too many examples of that friends, family. And for me, it just keeps me moving. It keeps me going. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to waste away. Cause, cause you're going to get knocked down anyway. Like you said, you can get knocked down for a few years pretty easily. Like, stuff happens with your family, stuff happens with your job, your health. And so, you know, just having that mindset that like, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to sit down here and rot. Like I'm, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on moving. I have, I have dreams, I have goals. And, you know, that's something 
that I really feel is leaving for a lot of young people. Like it's not, it's not cool or it's not something about like being ambitious or wanting to do a lot, wanting to make an impact is like people are almost turned off from it now. Maybe that's just my perspective, but you know, it's something that I think is so important for the individual and for the collective. Um, and so I, you know, I love getting to talk to anyone like you who's, who's just like living this life. Like it's, it's great. Yeah, man. I, I, I love it. Like when I talk to people that, are, that have like a similar mindset as me, because uh-huh. like, or even people that, that don't like, it's, it's interesting to hear from their perspective as well, because like, I feel like I'm, I'm on that one friend that like, if you talk to me, you're going to be like, at least motivated. Like you may not take action. Like I got friends all the time. And they'll be honest with me. It's like, Hey man, I'm not motivated to make money. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, you know, I appreciate your honesty, you know, because some people like they, they'll tell you exactly why they haven't moved on. And there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you want to stay doing what you're doing, that's cool. Because, you know, some people, they want that that comfort and they want to be where they're at. And But it's rare to have friends that will tell you exactly that, though. And I got a couple of friends that will tell me they're like, hey, man, like I got, you know, about to have you know, a family. You know, I'm, I'm kind of cool where I'm at. I know why I'm, I'm not where I want to be. But, you know, and I'm like, and I always tell them, say, hey, man, like, I appreciate you as a friend and, you know, our conversations, you know, I know it's not for everybody because just and I also tell people this as well. It's like entrepreneurship is, is another you know thing that I think more people should do. You know, everybody can't do it, though, like cause I tell people all the time, like, entrepreneurship is the hardest thing ever. You're trying to start a business is, is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. But if you do do it, it's going to be rewarding for you because, like, you're going to learn so much about yourself trying to start a business that you never knew before, because like, you know, you'll get better people skills. You'll be able to have better problem solving skills. You know, you'll actually be able to do something that's, that you want to do. That's fun. And I tell people all the time, like do stuff that you want to do. That's fun. Like, even if it's something that you're not trying to make a whole lot of money, if you can make an extra 200, $300 doing it, do it because that's two or $300 you could put into an index fund or, you know, you can put into a crypto or something like that. And 10 years down the road, that two or $300 could balloon to $10,000 or something like that. And, and you're like, man, I'm glad I, I started putting this money into something that could help me and help my family. And, you know, you know, 10,000, you know, if you have 10,000, it could turn to 100,000. Because I've seen people that started with $10,000 in their, you know, their investments and it turned to 100,000, like almost overnight. Like, you know, not, you know, obviously not overnight, but, you know, in two or three years, it got yeah, to that yeah, point. Yeah, two or three years. Yeah. So- People just got to just, you know, start doing that stuff, man. Like you may not see a lot of progress right away, but if you put in the work and eventually over time, it's going to all compound and pay off. Like you may not see the results right away, but if you have friends, they will tell you like, cause like I always like when I do any type of stuff, even my podcast now, they're like, man, I see the growth. I see where you were at and where you are now. And, and they even tell me all the time, like, man, interviewing is your thing. Like that's the one thing that you're really good at. And, and, Anytime someone tells you what you're really good at and multiple multiple people tell you that, then you got to double down that no matter what. That's why, like, all of this year, I'm just focusing on putting out as much content that's podcast related as possible, because I know if I do that right now, two or three years down the road, you know, who knows where I'll be at, but it's going to be a much better position than I am right now. So so I tell all the listeners, if you got a skill that you know, and a lot of times people never figure out what that skill is that they're really good at, because if you know what you're really good at, you know, the sky's the limit for you, because 
someone's willing to pay you for it if people are telling you that to your face. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Like that's really that's the feedback that anyone's looking for, you know, or the at least the information that everyone's looking for. In a lot of ways, I still don't know what I'm really good at. You know, people think I, I'm good at certain things. Like people think my my wife thinks I'm really the most technical person in the world. But I'm like, listen, you don't see these people I work with. Like this, it's cool. It's not my thing. I'm not, I'm not the world-class programmer. That's fine. But you know, and you're you're kind of like, oh, I like this. I'm I'm good at this, and I kind of like this. And you're not totally certain, but it's like you gotta you gotta try stuff. You gotta make iterations, and then eventually to be able to get to the point, like like you're saying, where people give you such clear feedback that like, man, this is really valuable. This this really seems like something that that was made for you. That's great. That's that's exactly where you're trying to get. So, man, that's that's so cool to hear. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited about your podcast and to keep up with it's Hackspot, right? Hackspot.tv. Yeah. Yeah. Hack, yeah. Hackspot is the, the reality show I'm working on. Yeah. That's like, yeah. like, like I said, it's like the, the culmination of everything I've ever done um, up to this point. Cause just because like, it's going to change a lot of people's lives. Like, like I think the hard thing about doing some of what I'm doing with that uh, competition is that nobody's ever done it. Like I've never heard anyone do anything like it. Cause he, I go to meetups all the time and I, I kind of like, my thing is like, it's some, this, this one idea is that I've been working on for the last 12 months now, probably longer than that, but at least 12 months since the pandemic started. So, and I always like to try to test like if people are interested in ideas. I think this is important for anyone who's listening. Um, if you have an idea, kind of like give people kind of softball questions that you can ask them to kind of see if it's a viable idea, because sometimes people, you know, you know, come up with an idea, right. And I'm not all ideas are, are good. Like a lot of ideas that we come up with are bad. Like, you know, they're just not good ideas. But if you kind of have like a similar response rate on a lot of things that you're you're asking and they're saying, okay, this hasn't been done before, or they're interested, they think it's cool. And if they're not your friends, by the way, I never ask friends about stuff like this, by the because I think asking your friends, you'll never get the real feedback you want. But if you go to meetups and yeah. you, you talk to random strangers and you kind of like just don't really give them everything that you're doing, but enough that, you know, they can kind of get a general idea of what you're trying to do. Um, you can kind of test your idea first to see if it's something that's viable that you should actually pursue. Because I think um, another thing is people think, oh, man, like, you know, you're creating a reality show, but how are you going to be able to produce this? It's going to cost a lot of money. No, I mean, it's going to cost me some money. Like, it's going to cost me probably thousands of dollars just to start something like this. But I'm going to be real low budget. To trying to see if like people really would clamor for something like that's like a higher production where I'm yeah. actually going to do in person and spend, you know, a month like in a house with other people and, you know, really be like kind of like a hackathon slash um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like a, a social experiment in a way yeah. where it, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you ever remember real world or um, uh, making the band. I don't know if you remember that show. It'd be kind of like a lot yeah. of those shows with the mix of American Idol, The Voice, Shark Tank, all mixed into one. Because mm-hmm. I think um, one thing I noticed, that's my podcast, is people love the, the interactions that are natural. And I think something like this would be like a lot of unexpected things that would happen. And also, it'd be something where people that are in tech would be able to learn a lot because I'll be bringing a lot of value for everybody involved whether that's the, the contestants or whether that's the, the the people that are watching 
or the people that are participating, whether that's the judges or the mentors or people that, you know, that are trying to help these people. Because I think if you can do something that will help people, all parties involved, it's something that really is something that I think can be impactful. And, you know, hopefully down the road, we can get a studio behind a major, you know, you know, production, whatever. But right now, like, like I tell people all the time, just put the stuff out. Like, don't matter how you do it, because, you know, if you look at anything that was put day one, it is completely different than how it is now. Like if you look at Shark Tank or American Idol or Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, all those major apps, I mean, uh, TikTok, you know, all those apps, they started small and they and they just kind of just built on each other and became, you know, one of some of the biggest apps in the world today or biggest shows today. So, you know, just start at taking action, just do it. And like stuff will happen. Like if it's a good enough idea, like, you know, it's going to work out. So, so if I've been saying this over and over, but just take action today. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, that's a good, that's a good message really, really to leave on. Um, Like I want everyone to keep, keep in mind hackspot.tv between two devs to go check out your stuff. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and just like talking about this and talking so raw with me. It was great. Uh, do, do you have anything else to plug? Anything else you're working on? No, I think those are like the two main things I'm really working on is, is you know, if you're a developer, you know, I know by the time this airs, you know, I probably won't accept applications for it. But if, you know, but if you were trying to get on the hack spot, just reach out to me. Um, you either go on that website or go to uh, just email me at cam at between two divs.com if you want to reach out to me that way. Um, if you have any questions, you can also reach out to me on my email as well. Um, you also can reach out to me on my Twitter, um, Cam Perry 21. Um, anyone who knows me, I know Austin knows me pretty well on there. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot. So if you hit me up on there, I'm probably going to reach out to you. So don't be afraid to be a stranger and, you know, reach out, man. Cause I'm willing to help anybody. If you have a question or you just want to chat. Sweet, sweet. Great. Well, thank you for everyone, uh, for listening. Thanks for coming on cam and, uh, till next time. We'll see you.